Zanzi's sporting milestones, moments and stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musea. We move right along now on this Flashback Friday. We have invited South Africa's uh, former uh, track and field star, Hendrik Mohanyetsi, just to catch up and find out how he's doing and also just look back at his career, including that final 2000 uh, Sydney Olympic Games. I remember that one like it was yesterday there. And he's already on the line, Mr. Hendrik Mohanyetsi. Good evening, sir. Thank you very much for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Thank you for inviting me and greetings to you and the listeners. Thank you. Do you follow football? Do you have any favorite team? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay, nice and short. Let's yes. let's get straight into it then before the question comes from the listeners. What is keeping Hendrik Mohanyetsi busy these days? Uh, Mohanyetsi is quite busy. He's, uh, he's a board member of Athletics Southern North as a chairperson of Athletics Commission to make sure that uh, athletes are being taken care of, uh, that they can bring glory to the country. Mohani is a coach at TUT, uh, where he's making sure that athletes are, are being uh, trained to their potential. And with the support of TUT, uh, things are happening for our kids. That's very good to hear. And in your role with Gauteng North, what are you hoping to achieve in your role? And how long have you been in the structure for? I've been in structure from uh, 2016. To current, uh, I think we have done a lot as Athletes Commission with my committee. Uh, we have made sure that uh, during the COVID, we give relief funds to the athletes, the academies, and the others that you know, to make sure that there's AGN, we are behind them all the time. And then there's much to come at AGN that uh, we must uh, support our athletes while we can. And what are some of the challenges faced by athletes, uh, Hendrik Mohanyitz? You know, there's a lot of challenges that are faced by athletes. Some, uh, in terms financially, uh, sponsors, it's not easy for, for them to get sponsors. It's not easy to be uh, supported financially to reach their goals. But uh, where I am in terms of uh, TUT, uh, they give bursaries to them to balance their career and their education. Uh, and then they, they prosper. And are you happy with the talent that's, co- that's coming through? We are very happy. I'm very happy with what is happening. Uh, if you look at the, the preliminary squad that was announced for the Olympics for next year, uh, there's quite a lot of talent that is coming, or coming in. And then um, I'm very happy. Who are some of the youngsters that excite you, especially in the events that you took part in? In the 400, the young ones were Ranti, that are there. Pura, that are there, uh, Derek, the one who's studying in America. Uh, there's quite a bunch of them. Mm. But uh, I know they, are, they will take over from what I have left. And also with the support of uh, Wade Van Mikker, with uh, the experience mm. and the achievement that he did in 2016, I think uh, uh, the 400 will be a quite event. And are we doing enough, Hendrik Mukhanyetsi, when it comes to development? Yeah, it is. We are doing we are doing enough in terms of development uh, across the country in athletics, but uh, the opportunity to prosper it becomes difficult. You know, it, it's a level in terms of athletics. It's like building a pyramid. There's a grassroots level where it's development. So moving from the development to the elite level, it, it, that's where we're having a bottleneck. But we're working on it as AGN as a structure and our mother body, which is ASA. What do you think causes that bottleneck? 
The bottleneck is uh, athletes are coming in big numbers, and then there is no financial support for them to move to the elite level. Remember, when you go to the elite level now, you must look after yourself. You must buy spice, you must buy supplements, you must buy all these things for yourself. So if there's no sponsor, it becomes a challenge for them to move to the elite level. While development, they still, you find the provincial government are supporting the development squad, but they don't support the elite. So that's the challenge that you are facing. And are we doing enough in the schools? Are you happy with the participation? Because athletics used to be the main event of the year in every school. You know, I, 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 I travel provinces where the schools, athletics, and I look at the leagues of the provinces. Uh, I think uh, they're doing well. The provinces are doing well. The schools are doing well. It's only the alignment of the program, you know. The challenge that you are having, you find the schools, they are having their own program, and the mother body, they are having their own program. So it becomes a challenge to the athletes. So if the program is aligned from schools to elite level, it will be much easier for our athletes. And in your days, there used to be those uh, events and those series around the country, the engine series and all of and, and all of that. How important were they back in the day? You know, they were very important for us because uh, those uh, Grand Prix, they will invite international athletes uh, to come and compete with us. So it, it gives you that boast that what we expect when you go international, that you have test the international athletes in your country and it, it motivated you mentally strong. And you go overseas. And they are coming back now. That must be encouraging. Yeah, they are. They are coming very, very, uh, they are coming back. And then also the athletes, we, we make sure that we motivate them, uh, that for you to be a champ, you must start home. You know, so people can know your, your, your progress. And then so when you are international, so everybody will know that he, he ran in front of us, he grew in front of us, he achieved in front of us to be where he is. And for you, Hendrik Mukhanyetse, how and when were you discovered and where? Oh, I was discovered uh, around 1990, late 94. Uh, I was in Mamelodi and I was just jogging around the street. And then I met Dabe uh, Binoni Malaka, may he soul rest in peace. And then I joined his team. And then that love of athletics developed. And then uh, we put some plans, and then along the road, I joined Nico van Yerden, and then things just blossomed. And and when, when, when did you start thinking that maybe you could make a career out of this? I think 1995, 1995, 96, that's when I, I saw that I can make a career. When I qualified for the Olympics, uh, my first time, two years studying athletics, in 1996, I'm in the Olympic team. I said, no, wow, so there is a talent in me. So I need, I need people, I need to surround myself with people that will support me mm. to achieve and, 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 show, and show my talent to the world that I can also do it. And before that, did you have any idols and people that you looked up to in athletics? I can tell you, Kalouis was my idol. <laughs> the I used to read about him at school. And in 1995, when Jovek Stadium was opened, mm. He came to South Africa, and I was fortunate to meet him. And I told him, I said, Khan, you have been my role model, but from today, I don't have a role model in my athletic career. My role model will be Mokhani Tialo. <laughs> That's great to hear. And <laughs> and do you, are you aware that now he's, he's, he's one of the coaches for a young South African star, uh, Patuchezo Maswangani? Very well. 
2017 and 2019, I met with him, mm. with the Welsh students, because he's coaching the American team. Yeah. And I was I was a coach of South African team that went to Welsh students in uh, in Taipei and Taiwan uh, and uh, Napoli in 2017 and 2019. So me and him we engage a lot when we in that championship. So I know, and then he said he will deliver the boy. He will give what the experience and what he has to the boy, and the boy must just take it and show the world that also South Africans can do it. And that boy is in good hands because I think Leroy Barrel is also part of that University of Houston where he is at and, and is being coached. I'm telling you that that university, they've got talent, former former athletes, those who have achieved at the Olympics and the world champs. So it's a super team. It's a super team. Like his team, Kaluis, he used to have a team called... Uh, Santa Monica. So he has changed that university to that level. Uh-huh. But remember also here in South Africa, we are also doing this. Uh, TET, we are specializing in middle distance and long distance. We are building it. And other universities are specializing in, lo- in short and uh, field events. So we also uh, coping on that. You specialized in the 400 meters, but you also took part in the 800. Which one was your favorite? Uh, 400 was my favorite, but one of my agents, uh, Andy Norman from UK, he used to say, Mohanyezi, you can do good in 800. And I was afraid to train for 800. Because the 800 program was tough. So I was training 400 program, but uh, one day I was invited in Russia. I ran 144, and I still ranked number four, number five in South Africa with my time in, uh, in 800. I was about to ask, why did you not kick on? You ran 144.62. Was that in 97? Yes, it was in 97 in Russia. And yes. I thought, no, for, for me to go, to go two times on the track, it was tough for me. It's good for me. I go one second and I'm done. <laughs> so is that why you like the 400 meters? 400 was good. You know, I used to enjoy it. Like uh, uh, Sidney Marais, when he usually commentate, he will say, he will say, just wait for Mokhanyiti to reach the 180 mark, and you will see Mokhanyiti running the 400. <laughs> for those who are just joining us, we're catching up with Hendrik Mokhanyiti, just looking back at his uh, career, South Africa's former track and field star. And on, on, on that note, Hendrik, are you satisfied with how your career panned out? I'm very happy, you know, uh, very happy and excited that uh, I must give back to, to the young ones. And I usually tell them, my, the athletes at TUT, I said, it's not easy to achieve. No. So we, we must not listen to people that say, uh, South Africans, we, we are lazy, we just want things to happen. We're working very hard, and then things will come for us. And what are some of your career highlights? <sighs> Running the SA record in uh, Yokohama. Yeah. In Yokohama, on the, I think it was September. Mm. I ran 44.59. Mm. When we started that race, it was Michael Johnson and the others. And then I said, Johnson, uh, today with me and you, we are going to have a race. And he said, no, let's go. And then reaching the finishing line, I just went under the cool down area. And he came and called me. He said, come and look at the board. You ran the national record. I was so excited. And I got, uh, I got the certificate that I was ranking number 10 in the world in 400 meters, and I went to the Olympics. And that, that race made me one of the favorites to go to the Olympics oh, in Sydney. So that race in September prepared you then for Sydney 2000? 
Correct. I went there with the SA record, focused, determined to do my best at the Olympics. And reaching at the Olympics, our goal with my coach when we left was to reach the finals. And and you did. I was about to ask you what was the goal. And you easily won the heats. I mean, you were cruising there. You were consistent throughout the other rounds. You must have been feeling really good. You no, know, I, 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 I prepared myself for Sydney because I looked back at 1996. It was my first Olympics. I was a novice. And I said, because Olympics is a four-year second, for my second Olympics, I must do better than I did in Atlanta. We focused. We, we Round one, we went very well. I was in lane two. Uh, mm-hmm. Round one, I ran 45-2-2. And I was position you were top one. Two. Round two, I was in lane four. I ran 45-1-5. I was second. And the semi-final, I was in lane five. I ran 45-5-2. I qualified for the Olympic finals. Mm. You you were top two after the first heats when they look at overall the heats there. Did you feel maybe you were not pushing yourself too hard? No, I thought I thought no, it was the time. That's what we have planned for. Mm. So we must stick to that. For us to be in the final, we must go with time. And that was easy. We said no, we must run forty five constantly. It will take us to the final. Now let's get to that final where you finished uh, sixth there. And no, firstly, maybe let's just go back a little bit. At 25 Sydney 2000, did you feel that it was the prime of your career there? Were you in the best shape of your life or the best form? Yes, 19, uh, late 1999, 2000, that was my best. That was my peak in, in 400 meters. Mm. And that's why our plan was to reach the final. And we said, Anything that happens in the finals, we will, we will just accept it. For those who are just joining our conversation, we are catching up with Hendrik Mukhanyetsi, uh, South Africa's former track and field star, 400 meter star, but you had the man, he had a 144 in the 800 meters but he chose uh, to focus on the 400 meters. And we're going to talk in more detail now about Sydney 2000, but let's go back to that final. In 88 at this event, so they've done it before, one, two, three. Here he is. Can he do it again? Become the fastest time? Create a bit more history? He's got eight of the 11 fastest times ever. He is uh, at his top. Different to anyone else I've ever seen run. Absolutely different. Different running style, different attitude. Doesn't appear a lot out on the track. Brilliant runner. Mergenetsky of South Africa in seven has been impressive. He's the youngest. Johnson's the oldest in the field. He's 25 and Johnson's 33. It used to be a young man's event, the 400, the 400 flat. It's becoming a little older. There's Horton of Jamaica. <laughs> there you had it there, Mukhanyeti from South Africa in lane seven. What was going through your mind there on the starting blocks, Henrik, with Michael Johnson also right next to you in lane six? You know, it started at the warm-up area. Uh-huh. It started at, at the warm-up area, and we were like, Johnson came to me and said, Mukhanyeti, you have made it. That's, that's what... It was your plan, and you have made it. Let's go and enjoy the final. You know, when I was in that lineup, Johnson was number six, was in lane six, I was in lane seven. And you hear the commentary saying, the only South African, the only African in the final 400 meters, defending for his country, defending for his continent, he's taking on the Americans, the Jamaicans, the Brazilians, the Polish. That was in my mind. I said, no. I can't disappoint myself and the country and the continent. Yeah. And I did it.
And ahead of such a big race, I mean, do you do you get nervous or do you get excited the night before? You get nervous. You can't even sleep. You know, I, I my coach was there. Like I said, coach, I can't sleep. And coach was saying, you need to rest. I said, coach, please go and get me something to eat. You know, at the village, yeah, it's 24 hours. I said, coach, I need this. I need this because of the nervous. But at the end of the day, the following day, we made it. But could you eat properly before a race? Because I once said that you could barely eat before a race. No, you can't eat. You know, you just you just crave for anything, but you can't eat it. Okay. And before the race, did you have a feeling that Johnson was beatable? Did you think that there was a chance? Because he really didn't go all out in the heat. Yeah, no, he did not. The final, and then we, we, we were telling ourselves that, you know what, if it's the end of Johnson uh, 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 winning, it, it should be today. And if it's not, we must follow him with good chance and to position ourselves. Remember, being, being, being in the finals at the Olympics, everything is open. All the Golden Leagues, you are invited. So you are one of the best in 400 in the world when you're in the 400 Olympics finals. And how did you feel about your, your lane? You know what? I, I just told myself that... Uh, it's a lane that we're all going to run 400. But for me, it's to make sure that I start fast. That Johnson will catch me at the back straight of 300. And then I will have to fight to the finishing line. Let's remind ourselves how that race went. Men's 400 final. Sure. Came out running. So did Harrison. So Horton from the outside, look at Johnson, he's quickly up to Morgan Yetsky already, and Harrison's going hard in the middle, Pettigrew's outside of him, and then McFarlane and Perella in the back, Johnson's gone hard, Harrison's held his stagger, so it's three from the left, and down three from the right now, and also out hard is Perella, they're up to halfway, Horton running well, this is where Johnson puts it to them, can Harrison challenge him, he's behind him on the bend, Johnson's running a big bend, he goes up and takes the lead from Horton, Harrison's four metres behind him, and then Perella, Johnson's clear, Harrison's running on strongly, they can't get to him, Johnson's clear, he's going to do what no man has ever done in Olympic history, and win the 400 twice, second Harrison, and third Horton, does it again talk about a man who knew what he was doing from the moment the gun went off he had that so there you have it then that's the race Henrik he, he caught up with you even before the 300 meters there could you feel him next to you and what was going through your mind I, I could feel him I said no he my plan is now shattered my plan is now shattered but for me to carry myself to the finishing line remember the the, the guy from Jamaica was in the eight mm, mm. Uh, Greg Hutton mm. and Greg Hutton is a training partner to training partner to Michael Johnson. Ah. The aim was Johnson has to chase Greg. And as soon as he chased Greg, he's eliminating all of us. So mm. for us, is to follow both of them. And reaching the 100 meters, the 120 cave when we're going straight, uh, Harrison was there. Mm. Elvin Harrison from America. From the States, yeah. So, it, yeah. Mm. And, and uh, Antonio Pettigree was coming. Mm. So we, we had to fight uh, to the finishing line. And you did fight. And besides Johnson, I mean, did that feel scare you with Harrison, with Greg Horton, and there was the Brazilian pa- Parela also? No, I think I think the person who put the scare on me, it was Hutton uh, in lane eight, mm. the Jamaican boy. Mm. Because the way he started, he went like a bullet. You know, like, like, like how Van Nieker started at the, 
2016 Olympics. You went like a bullet. So we had to we had to uh, adjust our running to make sure that we close the gap. Yes, and it was incredible what Wade Van Nicker did. I was actually there. He was in lane 8 when he ran yeah. that 43.03. Yeah. Unbelievable yeah. stuff there. One of, yeah. one of one, A really wonderful event to be at. Yeah. And let's talk about Michael. Okay, let's finish the race now. You kept fighting, you kept fighting, and you eventually finished 6th. Were you satisfied with your, with your, with your race? I was, I was very excited because uh, immediately when our, my name was announced in the final list and uh, we said coach we have achieved our goal so what now you know mm-hmm. and it was late for us to say this is what we have to change and we said no let's go for the race fortunately we ran very well uh, position six after two weeks uh alvin Jer- harrison was 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 tested positive so i had to move to number five mm. yeah. 45.26 so, right Yes, that's how it happened at the, at the Olympics. That was my major uh, achievement in my career. It's good to hear. And in your opinion, Hendrik Mukhanyetsi, what made Michael Johnson so good? And just how was it running with him or next to him? You know, that guy, he has a, a funny running style. He had a funny running yeah, style. Yeah. But, but that guy can move. That guy can move. Because for him, it was easy. He started, he started his 400 at school. He moved up to his, that, that age, and he was training twice per day. He was not working. His work was only athletic. So for us, you know, uh, for me it was difficult because I was working as a correctional officer. So I must train in the morning one hour. I must go to work. I must be at the office for eight hours. Four o'clock, I must go to training. So it was, that was the challenges that I face. But I was happy. I've achieved. I've delivered for the country. And then uh, people still recognize me as the best 400-meter runner. But they watched me running on that time until Wade came and broke my record. <laughs> and, and do you think at the time, if you were able to become a full professional, you could have even done much more? Definitely. Definitely. It was in my plan. I was invited in America, uh, where Frankie Fredericks was studying in the University of Utah. I was invited to America to study. I was invited to come and train in the uh, UK with Ewan Thomas, but I couldn't because I, I was working, and then I had to look after my siblings and my family. Okay. For the, if you're just joining us once again, we are catching up with Hendrik Mukhanyetsi, just looking back at Sydney 2000. That's the race that most of us remember him for. But you also achieved a lot of success with the relay teams, Hendrik Mukhanyetsi. What was key to that? Yeah. We had our time. You know, we had, the, we had the relay team. Very focused team, disciplined, and they wanted to achieve. Malherbe, Jopi, Porta. You know, when we, ra- when we ran our SA record, I think it was in Seville, in Spain. Mm, mm, mm. And then uh, we got position four. After 10 years, we got our medal because the Americans tested positive. Mm. Yes. So we, we achieved in our 4 by 4 That was the strongest team. That was at the World Champs, ne? Yes. That was the World Champ in, in Spain. 99. Nin- 1999. 
And as a real team, you've mentioned Yopi van Otson, uh, Anno Malerba, of course, and Adrian Botta. Did you guys get together and did you practice? And what's key to a successful relay team? Yes, we will have maybe once in a week. We will meet. And the guys will do the bait and exchange. And then we know who's strong at this point. We know who's ready at this point. So when we go for our individual races, and we encourage each other that achieve with your individual races and the relay becomes a bonus. And that's what we uh-huh. did. And when we run at home, uh, it will be it will be another 400. It will be Hammond Ding 400. That's why I got the name of uh, Hammer mm. in 400. Because it took, me, it took me close to four years. I was achieving, I was competing, winning upsars and engines, but I could not win the essays. Mm. It was tough for me. But one day I told myself that for me to be, be- to be the best in South Africa, I need to win the essay. And the essays were in Devon. I was in, I was in lane one in the finals. And I told myself I'm going to run like a bullet from start to the finish. When I crossed the finishing line, I was the essay chain. When I was going to the warm-up, I collapsed. Yes, I remember I wake, that. I, I wake up at hospital with a gold medal. And when I when I wake up, I asked, the first thing that I asked, I said, "Where's my gold medal?" <laughs> I remember that because you were chasing Marcus Lechranche, ne? Yeah, I was chasing Marcus from start to finish. So what? And what? It was a it was a great run. Yes, yes, I remember him. So what caused you to collapse then, Hendrik? I was I meant to ask you that. Was it did you push yourself too hard? Was it the weather in Devon? Was it too hot? Was it too humid? I think I was too nervous. I was too nervous that uh, I, I was winning all these races, the Grand Prix and whatnot. And now is a test of time for me to win the essays. And I've been trying for years and years. I couldn't make it. I said, now is the time. So I need to push myself harder, double, for me to get this gold medal, to be the SA champion. Did you eat before the race? No, I did not. Ooh. I couldn't. I couldn't because I was the warm-up coach was there. Said, no, take something to drink. I said, coach, I can't. So maybe that was the after effect when I collapsed. But you still spoke to the media. Did you speak to the media before you collapsed? Yes. I spoke to the media. After, after crossing the finishing line, I went for a cool down. And yeah. I spoke to the media. While I was busy with the media, I collapsed. That's when uh, the report guy... Swart, uh. Uh, put the picture in the, in the front uh, report on a Sunday and he said Mokhanyesi uh, was worth for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> laughing. Was that the headline? No, I, 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 I know you are laughing. <laughs> okay. it, was, it, it, was, it, was, it was on the headline. Front page, Mokhanyesi died for 20 minutes. And is that what it, I don't know if you even remember if that's what it felt like, but there were people trying to revive you though and they put you in an ambulance. Yes, Dr. Adams. Dr. Harold was there Adams. Even, even when I, when I collapsed, because he was there the warm up area. Hmm. He was there and then everything just went dark in me. When I wake up at the hospital, he was there. And you are not the only one that collapsed at that event, right? No, I was not the only one. I think there were two more after me or before me. It collapsed. Sure. National champs are hectic. Let's take a voice yes. note here.
evening the member to learn here from Orlando. You're talking to a legend. I always see him there at campus when he's training. It's like he's that, uh, let's say, only academy around the community where if you want to get better, just come to me. I classify him as one of those quality coaches who just have to polish you so that you can shine. All the best in the future endeavors to the coach at TUT. Thanks for that, Tulani. There's also a message here on social media from, is it Abi Ramatudi, who says that you're talking to one of my favorite athletes there. I used to train at the tax ground. That's where I know him from when he was driving a dolphin. I still remember those guys. Habit, that must be Llewellyn Habit. I know Malerbe, Henrik Mukhanyetzi, being from Mams. I was very inspired. On that note, Henrik, as we wrap up our conversation if there are youngsters or parents that are listening to us that have uh, youngsters that run a boy or girl in the 400 meters, what's key to being a good 400 meter athlete? It takes a lot. You know, 400, 400 now is tend to be a speed. So you need to balance the speed and endurance for you to achieve in 400. And the most important thing is discipline. You need to be disciplined, you need to be dedicated, and you need to focus on what you want to achieve. It won't come easy. It will take you time, it will take you years to achieve, but you need to stick to what you believe you can achieve. And when you talk about discipline, what exactly are you talking about? You know, uh, you, you need to associate uh, with people that advise you for good things, you know? Don't associate yourself like people who always think negative. You must get people that uh, think positive and people who see you as somebody who can achieve when you are down, they must know, they must read you. When you are up, they must know that, no, today is focused. is ready. Today is not ready. So it's something that us as coaches, we are doing to our athletes. But, uh, you know, like when I arrive at the training camp, I say, no, these co- kids are not ready today. Let me change the program. So you must be able to read. So you must have a crew that supports you on your talent. And what about what you put in your body? A lot of emphasis is put on eating and all that stuff uh, these days. How important is that? And what advice would you give? You know, it's very important to take more protein, you know, kind of magnesium, because when you, when you train hard, you need to reload. Uh, so you need to take supplements that are good for your body. The supplements are not the same for everyone. It depends on the body which one does it take. But you must take the one that are not on the red line. You must always stay clean, take the right supplements, and you must eat and, and, and work hard. And during your career, were you aware of these things? You know, in our time, uh, uh, there was. We were very aware, but athletes were not caught like now, you know. Now the, the number is high-roking that every two weeks or a month you hear this athlete has been caught in this country doing what and what. But in our time, we believed on hard work. We believed on hard work that we will achieve. Did you have so that? Some of, yes. some of the athletes now, they believe, no, if I take one, two, I can do it there. And they won't catch me. And it's not easy now. They, they are busy on them. Yeah. And, and did you have the luxury of eating the right food when you were uh, running? You know, I did not. I did not. I, I, I don't want to lie to, to your listeners. I did not. My, my, I was just eating food, you know. Whatever, when I arrive home, what is cooked, I would eat. 
And when I go to coach, we say, you must eat this and this. I say, coach, my background doesn't allow me to eat what you're telling me. Just appreciate that I've eaten and I'm here at training. So let's focus on that until uh, things change when I achieved in athletics. Finally, Hendrik Mukhanyetsi, Wade Van Nekat, who spoke about 2016, that 43.03, he suffered that injury in a touch rugby game. Do you see him bouncing back to those heights? Let me tell you about uh, Van Nekat. Before he went to sit, uh, to the Olympics, he was running at tax, and then he ran 45-something, and I went to him. I said, uh, Wade, this is your year. If you can't do it this year, 2016, you won't do it anymore. You know, it was on the papers on Sunday. When he came back with, uh, with that gold and the world record, I, gave, I shaked him at the airport. I said, you remember what I said? And he said, thank you so much. Let's give the boy time. The boy will recover. The boy will surprise the world. Great stuff. Hendrik Mukhanyetze, thank you for giving us some of your time tonight and helping us reflect on your career. That's why we brought you on here to highlight what you've achieved and how you put the country on the map and most importantly give you the respect that you deserve, sir. I want to thank you, Mr. Tavisho and Katleho uh, and your technical staff for inviting me that I must share my life with the South Africans. Thank you so much.